לשידור ישיר ממחנה רמה בברקשיירס.
Tanya minayin lepikuach nefesh shedoche et Shabbat. How do we know that saving a life suspends Shabbat or sets aside Shabbat? Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Amar Shmuel, Rabbi Yehuda said in the name, and Rabbi Shmuel said, Dichtiv ushmartem et chukutai ved mishpatai asher yaseh odam v'chai bahem. He quotes our verse, you should live by them v'lo sheyamut bahem. And not so you should die by them. So an example of pikuach nefesh on Shabbat would be um, you have to, you know, you have an emergency, you have to transport the uh, a person who is in an emergency to the hospital on Shabbat. You know, normal Shabbat law is uh, you, you have to refrain from uh, motorized, mechanized transportation. I know we have our, our own you know, discussions of that in the conservative movement, but, but uh, certainly, uh, you know, within traditional halacha, you're not supposed to, but when life is in danger, suspend all law, go to the hospital, that's what you have to do, and v'chai bahem is the, is the answer to that. I myself have had to do that on more than one occasion, um, and I, you know, I consider myself very lenient with regard to to this, you know, I, once my daughter Nama cut her, cut her chin on a Shabbos morning, was bleeding profusely, you know, the, it wasn't life-threatening, but it, but there was something about, you know, you have to, you have to understand something that, that the priority of taking care of your child uh, is, is, is important. If it's going to take you three hours to walk to the hospital, rather than getting in your car, you, you get in your car and you, walk, and you go to the hospital. So that, you know, I'm stating a lenient position, but maybe it's a, it's a chumrah on pikuach nefesh. Well, that's, that's, that what you just said is the, is the, the beautiful thing. Like I, I, this is a uh, story that I don't, I can't attest to the provenance, but, uh, but uh, I, I'll just, you know, make up the, make up a context or something that Rav Chaim Brisker, the famous Talmudic scholar of the late 19th, early 20th, the grandfather of Rav Soloveitchik, uh, you know, told somebody to eat on Yom Kippur and they said to him, you're being very makeel on, you're being very lenient about Yom Kippur. He said, actually, I'm being very strict about Pikuach Nefesh. I'm so- being insistent about the importance of life-saving it's not as cut and dried though as we sometimes think so there's a, a story related to that story about israel salanter the founder of the musar movement who in the midst of a cholera epidemic and i think he was in poland at the time on yom kippur he insisted that the congregation eat and he made a bracha on bread and took a, a sip um because it was important to save the lives of the congregants. So there's a version of this story in one of Levi Ginsburg's books, and um, he references the story with a footnote saying, I heard this from my uncle, who's president of the shul. And what is often not told with the Salatra story is that there are plenty of people in the shul, including the lay leadership, who are really upset with Rabbi Salatra because they didn't think it was quite the issue of pikuach nefesh that he represented. And so, you know, we understand the concern for a child. I once had to drive my son to the doctor on Yom Kippur, um, which was very bizarre on a lot of different levels, not the least of which is I didn't make an appearance in shul until mincha, which is quite out of the ordinary for me on Yom Kippur. Um, that, you know, there's, it's not always so easy to figure out exactly what the right thing to do is, even when we want to honor the, the principle of pikuach nefesh. So I, look, I, I I think that that 
I don't want to say it's become easier and easier to to think this way. I, I think what's what's underlying the pikuach nefesh that that life supersedes everything, and that and and that that's the value. That's the 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 ethical anchor of Judaism that we 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 understand what the place of ritual is, and we understand that we're living this you know a, a life that's dedicated to the observance of the mitzvot, but the highest mitzvah. The most important is to be alive. <laughs> I want to offer a slightly different take. And, of course, no one can disagree with that, that the highest mitzvah is to be alive. Um, it certainly would make for a very short show if we chose other yeah, really. <laughs> But <laughs> my mother used to tell a story about her father, who was a rabbi from the old country, um, who um, once came into her room when she was sick and turned on the light. And my mother was quite surprised that he turned on the light on Shabbos, and he said... Was this on Shabbos? It was on Shabbos. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's an important detail. <laughs> get that out there. And he said to my mother, there'll be other Shabbosim. And I think the, the value of Pikuach Nefesh is not just the value of saving a human life. It's a recognition that our observance of any one Shabbat is not the ultimate. Yes. That we're in this for the long haul, and that we have a pattern of living that sometimes is interrupted on an individual Shabbat, but that doesn't alter the fact that we subscribe to the pattern of living on all the others, right? So, we don't decide, for example, that on um, this Shabbat, I have to take my child to the hospital. I no longer have to observe Shabbat. The, the, the problem, though, of course, is, like as you said, um, uh, Taken in one way, first of all, your your grandfather's uh, story is is an almost direct quotation. You know, Chalel uh, Shabbat uh, desecrate one Shabbat, Shabbatot so you can keep many others. So if it is true that you need an emergency medical medical intervention, it's it's a no brainer. Um, but this now brings us into to some interesting questions because number one. Like you could imagine somebody saying, and we we all hear varieties of this in different things. Listen, saving life is really the most important thing, and 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 health is really an important thing. So everything healthy becomes a mitzvah, and 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 you know maybe maybe I can you know whatever buy organic chickens that aren't kosher because that's healthy, that's life saving. Right. You know, pikuach nefesh is an emergency situation. And so I, I think that, that, of course, it is true, as, as Barry was alluding to. And I, I think that um, if 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 we are, like, really expansive on Pikuach Nefesh, if everything healthy um, gets, gets you know, put under the rubric of, well, I'm life-saving now, I think it, it can diminish the importance of actual, you know, the the the... the fabric of religious life and we don't want that to happen so pikuach nefesh and v'chai bahem and and chalal shabbat achat um are about you know certain emergency settings which which set out the limits by which conventional observance you know within which conventional obser observance happens um and, and i think that that's like the proper proportion right I just, you know, I, I, this, this has been baked into me. I, I, um, I don't know if I told you the story when I was uh, Roche Da in Machaneraman, Canada. Uh, we had a weekend. We used to do Shabbat Bayar, Linat Shabbat. We used to take the holy day out for Shabbat, and um, so we made 
beautiful camp and we got everything prepared for Shabbat. And you had to tell people what Lina Bayar means. Going out, sleeping in the forest for Shabbat. Lina is sleeping, Yar is forest, and it was called the Lina Shabbat, having Shabbat in the forest. And um, so Friday night, Kabbalah Shabbat, going to sleep, everybody. And, so, and one of the campers has a, an asthma attack. Uh, and it was very, very bad. And we called the emergency, and I, I called the camp because that's what I knew I had to do. And the director said, get in the car with the rangers and take her to the hospital and come back. Mm. Come back. So, so I remember, you know, we, in the first year we had our halacha class, and I, you know, the assignment was to write a tshuva. So I wrote the tshuva. On are, if you go out to save someone, if you go out for pikuach nefesh, are you allowed to, you know, return? And I answered that, of course, you are allowed, because, the, and the reasoning was, if you hesitate to save the person because you think you're going to violate Shabbat, you're not doing anybody any favor, right? And 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 it, the idea is that that there should be no impediment to your to your saving the person because that's the most important thing. And if and if the idea that you can't return um, means that you're not going to go out in the first place, that's that that's going to be that's going to imperil uh, the life more. Yeah. So so uh, and I, I I mentioned that on my rabbinical school interview. How about that? It was. And they let you in anyway. They let me in. That was right. Yes. You know, so it's, it's interesting. That's a halacha class. Exactly. <laughs> uh, just, you know, to, to flesh this out one one perhaps step further, um, you know, obviously our sister religion, Christianity, has a has a, a martyrdom thing, you know, and they have a, a, a big tradition of martyrs. Um there's stories about, you know, the ancient church under Rome is, is about people who were, you know, willing to die and sacrifice their lives, Messiah with Nefesh. And the fact that we are Messiah with Nefesh is, is, is giving up your own life. Um, and the fact that we are just a day after Yom HaZikaron in Israel, which is also described as Messiah with Nefesh, as, as selflessness and giving, being willing to give up your life, even, even unto the point of death. Um, we in Judaism tend, as as this conversation is is illustrating, we tend to not really like that. We tend to say that no, 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 pikuach nefesh is saving life is just really more important than lots of things, but not everything. And we, the Talmudic tradition regards you know three paradigm things as worth dying for. Um, uh, violating Shabbat is not one of them, right? It's it's Correct. it's. Killing another person, it's worshiping idols, and it's it's sexual sins, um, and and I I actually kind of do think that that it is important as Martin Luther King said. If this is a, a, a kind of a famous quotation, problematic on its face, but I think at a deep level, it's it's profound. Martin Luther King said, "If you don't have something for which you're willing to die, you're not fit to live." Now, I don't like statements about who's quote quote unquote fit to live. But I do think that life with its value implies that you have certain things that are more important than life itself. Because if not, you will do absolutely anything to stay alive. And that's wrong. You you should not kill another person. This is the Talmud's fam fam you know, famous example is, is the one guy, so to speak, there's no guns, but it's, you know, person A puts a, a knife to, puts a gun to person B's head and says, go kill person C or I'll kill you. 
Person B is supposed to say, I don't know if my blood is redder than the other person's. And no, it's not worth my life to kill an innocent person. I, I should I should prefer death over that. And I and I think that, you know, Chatzba Khalila, any of us are ever in the extreme positions of having to make choices like that. And yet I think that that the idea of Chaibahem, that you should live through the mitzvot and not die by them, has meaning because there is a limit in which it has meaning. It's not absolutely everything. I think that, that that's an important way to, to frame it. All right, so why don't we move to, to Kedoshim? And and just, um, we'll put out the, the first verses of Kedoshim. Uh, speak to the entire congregation of the children of Israel and say to them, you shall be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. And and those, uh, you know, loyal listeners and viewers know that this is this is one of our top three top three you know verses in in this is like the hey jude of the bible this is like i can't get no satisfaction this is like born to run of the bible (laughs) this is the mission statement be holy be holy so our question really is on the uh on the the whole subject of of holy you can't have a an entire can you the entire people be holy in the sense that the entire people acts as, you know, kohanim, or is it, you know, what does it mean in terms of the world? Uh, and and uh, this harkens to, to an, an early conversation that we had, which is Israel's role in the world or Israel among itself? You know, what is it, and what does it mean to be holy? What does it mean? What, it, what is God saying to Moses here to tell the people when he says to them, be holy, kiddoshim to you, right? So I'll, I'll offer the, 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 this, this interpretation, which is, the, the, this goes back to before Sinai, when uh, God says to Moses, You will be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, that Israel in the world is to act in, in a way as the Kohen acts in the people of Israel. So it's it's a nice analogy. As Kohanim are to Israel, Israel is to the world. What do Kohanim do? Kohanim administer and bring, you know, the they 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 are the bearers of God's name in the in the community. They they have their sanctified precincts, they do their rituals, they they are they, they enable the people to perform and to live their holy life in all these spheres, and thus Israel by bringing something of godliness to the world, acts in a priestly manner to the world. They are the Mamlechet Kohanim. And Kedoshim to you means be separate, be distinct, and live a way of life that enables God to be in the world. So, reactions to that, if you have. So, it obviously makes a great deal of sense the way that you stated, Elliot, because it's very difficult to figure out what it would mean for everyone to actually be a priest in Israel. That we can't really have a society where everyone is a priest. And one of the things that we sometimes overlook that is that the dimension of holiness is always a small subset of a greater phenomenon. So we could have a holy people as a minority amongst the majority. We could have a holy city in the country. We could have a holy temple amidst other buildings in that city. 
and we could have a Kodesh Kodeshim, which is actually the smallest part of the the temple in relationship to the rest of the temple. And I think in some way, perhaps this is a charge to be a significant minority, that the way that you're not looking to proselytize, as it were, but to illustrate by example how to live a life in the shadow or in the in the dimension of the divine. So what you're saying is that that in a way this this is a validation of Israel's size as a small people. It's a validation of Israel as a in, in its exceptionality and its uniqueness. Um, and it's a validation in the sense that Israel is not going out to convert the world and make everyone Jewish. I mean, that that's, you know, you need Jews in the world for the sake of the world. In other words, in your, right. in your schematic drawing of the concentric circles of holiness, you're saying that, that holiness depends on things outside of this. So that, that's the necessity of the rest of the world. Right. So it requires non-Jews as well. Yes. So the goal is not for everyone in the world to become Jewish, but rather for Jews to live in harmony with the non-Jews amongst them. And for non-Jews to live in harmony with Jews. Halavai. Halavai. That would be good. You know, I want to just add, you know, that um, that these two partiot, I mean, not not so much the 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 Aharemur at the beginning with the with the Yom Kippur ritual, but um, the uh, the the commandment of the people to not eat, you know, forbidden foods, to have a certain set of sexual practices, and and we in our modern time are not going to feel these exactly what the details of the of the precise. Uh, or at least many, uh, as one of my one of my members who who was was uh, you know she worked with with victims of hu of human trafficking. She said you know because of the prohibitions on on homosexuality and, and these partiot, we just like oh, we just many people said they just really have a difficulty with the partiot, and we say I, I can't read these. She said that, that you have to understand that the incest prohibitions and the exploitation prohibitions. The victims of sexual trafficking, human trafficking that she encounters, everyone has experienced these exploitations. The, the homosexuality one is going to be is going to be difficult sailing for us, but for everyone else, for, for these other ones, they're like important to understand the family relationships and 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 fidelity relationships and ex exploitation like that. You know, are a serious problem. And so, the command that in your sexual relationships, in your eating relationships, and then in Parshat Kedoshim, in in a range of ethical interpersonal relationships, you can be holy. Now, in the next week's parsha, in in Amor, which is directly addressed to the priestly class. Sorry, I can't do this right now. Um, directly um, uh, addressed to the priestly class, it says it says Kedoshim Yihiyu LeEloheihem Velo Yechalu Shem Eloheihem. The priests will be holy to their God, and they will not profane the name of their God. They offer the Lord's, you know, gifts by fire. Um, uh, they, so to speak, offer the food of their God, and so they must be holy. In those parts of Leviticus, that's why we call it Leviticus, it's about the Levitical actions, the Levitical priests. 
and there's a kind of a holiness that comes through their ritual status. These parshiot are saying in a very you know profoundly democratic way, this applies to everybody. This applies to, you know, sanctity is not what the official functionaries do in the temple. Sanctity is the way you treat the, the deaf and the blind. Sanctity is, is the way you treat, you know, other people, that you don't hate other people in your heart, that you learn to, you know, you learn to love other, other people as yourself. And so I would say that in addition to the to the dimensions about this, which, which relates to Israel and other nations, I think that these portions locate holiness, as it were, there's a kind of um, nuance or harmonic on the mo most of Leviticus that says, temples are holy, rituals are holy, sacrifices are holy, ritual, purity and impurity, that, that's a dimension of holiness. And this part says, the way we live together with each other in, in love and kindness and not in, and not in viciousness and not in exploitation, that's actually, that's the holiness. So I want to just put get one more voice uh, from the parsha here, which which speaks to I think one of the one of the tensions here because you, you mentioned of course that that the 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 ethical rules that are found in chapter nineteen chapter twenty these are in a way they're they're for everyone they're for, they're democratic in the sense that everyone can aspire to them and everyone should live by them and that's what creates a holy people. And then you get a verse like this in, in chapter 20, which is um, chapter 20, verse 25. I'm sorry, chapter 20, verse um, uh, 24. Vatem tirshu. I'll speak, say to you, Atem tirshu et admatam, you will inherit your land. You will, I give it to you to... to to dwell in it, to inherit it. I am the Lord your God, who has separated you from the nations. So I'll focus on this because it seems... Read the, next, read the next verse too, though, because it's important. And you shall distinguish, separate from the, the, the pure animal to the impure animal, from an impure bird to a, a pure bird, and you shouldn't uh, make your... your squander your souls with with these these creatures you make yourself gross yeah gross okay but i, I i'm focused so the eating the eating and the the eating and the uniqueness are tied okay fine but but there's it's not only about eating it's about being different it's about being distinguished the only reason i mention is because my ear is so tuned to to the the phrase I am the Lord your God who took you out of Egypt. I have like there's five times that that phrase occurs in the Torah, and there's only once that it occurs here. I am the Lord that distinguishes you, and so it occurs to me to to offer this following idea, which is, it seems that the idea of God as redeemer is a much more important idea or a much more vocalized idea in the Torah then God is differentiator. And that what we have in Kiddoshim and what we have in Vayikra is a very, very kind of specific view of a very specific worldview of priests that, that see the world in distinct character categories, right? Kodesh, Chol, Tahor, Tameh, Chayim, Mavet, holy, profane, 
you know, pure, impure life, death. And it, it, it ought to take us back to creation, which is or, choshech, light and darkness, yom, laila, day and night, and all the other categories in which God is acting as havdalah. And, and of course, we invoke this idea every Saturday night when we recite havdalah, hamavdil ben kodesh lechol, God, you separate from holiness and, and, and profane, the seventh day, the sixth, being Israel, Israel and the nations. So this notion of being distinct and differentiated is here. We have, you know, our own tension with this because yes, we are distinct. Yes, we are like everybody else. And so it's and 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 the it's not the dominant voice, but it is a voice. And I want you to to react to that if you you might if you have some. So what what I would suggest first of all is that redemption is understood ultimately I think to be a process and not an event. So the event that we leak redemption to is God taking us out of Egypt. And in particular the crossing of the Sea of Reeds is the paradigm of redemption. But redemption is not does not exist for itself. Right? So the exodus from Egypt in the original story in Shemot was in order to bring us into the land of Kana'at, the land flowing um, with milk and honey. And in the context of our parasha, the purpose of redemption is to enable us to distinguish ourselves from other people. We need to live with them and live amidst them, but we also have to be separate from them. We can't be like them totally because then we would give up our own identity. And you know, I'm reminded that for most of us, our core identity is somehow linked to the families that we grew up in. And there is no national family or international family where everyone is one. We are little distinction, distinct elements in the midst of a larger group. And I think that one of the things that we prize is that distinct identity, whether it's in our family of origin or family of choice, the one that we perhaps marry into and raise our children, or in the nation that we come to embrace as well. I think uh, obviously there's no way to, this is almost self-evident, we have always been a very small people. Uh, we have always lived among much, much, much larger, more powerful peoples. And it's it's not... Uh, as the book of Deuteronomy says, it's not because you're the biggest people, because in fact you are the smallest. And so that's why I, lo I love you because of your smallness. And so a huge, huge, huge part of Jewish social, you know, instinct, I think has been, we have got to be distinct. We have got to be different um, because if we don't, we will just get completely swamped and, and, and so maintaining that difference is is highly important, and I do think it it is highly important. And um, and I think that uh, you know, the, it, like like many things, in the right proportion, that's incredibly salutary. In the wrong proportion, it's it's not so healthy. Uh, it can it can produce, um, you know, bigoted and 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 very negative attitudes towards you know. The, the word goy in the Bible means a nation. Um, and over the time in Jewish history, it comes to mean a n not nice thing to say about a non-Jewish individual. Uh, that happened. 
right? Um, and and I think that uh, I think that I want to have a, a strong, separate, bounded identity. Ethnicity means I am this thing. I am not that other thing. And you are that other thing. And you are not this thing. And I certainly favor a kind of an endogamy norm. I love. I I, I hope that Jews marry Jews and raise Jewish families, and all that is true. And I hope that we don't go overboard and think that we're better than other people and that we're the chosen and somehow and the other people are inferior and and I think that's that's its own that's its own struggle so let's let's bring it back in the in the minute or two that we have remaining to to open up the the hours long conversation which is you know this is part of the 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 debate that's going on in Israel which is what does it mean to be a Jewish state and what does you know is it just a state for Jews or is it a Jewish state and and you know, does it mean that we should be like every other, that Israel should be like every other state? Or does it mean that there's something um, unique or um, aspirational to, to the Jewishness of the state? Now, of course, you know, we're, we'll, we'll all get, get um, tangled up in, in, you know, can a Jewish state be a democracy? It's a Jewish state and a democratic state. And that, that's, the, that, that's, that's a, you know, a very, very uh, important and urgent uh, debate right now. Um, but are we ever going to be? Is it, is, is, it, is it ever possible for Israel to be normal, to be like everybody else? Or is it you ever know, possible for, is it always going to be separate? This, this, is, this is really, you know, obviously, as, as you said, this is at the very, very heart of the conversation. You know, like we, we have had that, that part of Zionist discourse, that we want to be a nation like all the other nations, and isn't it going to be great? When a Jewish cop arrests a Jewish gangster or something like that, and and you know, I suppose after you know everything that we've experienced in the different iterations of Jewish history, there is something special about being like all the other nations in that respect, with all of our you know any society's strengths and flaws. But in the end, I really am only interested. I, I think it only should capture our hearts capture our our passion capture our most important moral commitments if if it is a if it is a country that is worthy of jewish tradition and jewish history so before we, we start I, I showed you this pun you know herzl wrote the book alt neuland alt neuland which is old new land and uh there's a, an educator named derek perlman who calls it the alt neuland that it's a land that is on condition and that the the torah really prescribes for us you know the conditional attachment to the land that that and here we have it in clear you know in other places in in the book of Ayikra, you 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 live by the rules by the laws and the land will embrace you but if you don't live by the rules um and you violate the rules of the land the land will spit you out the land will vomit you out uh that's that's 1828 the land will vomit you out if you defile it yeah very powerful imagery here because there's a sense of repulsion so it means that the obligation is to be somewhat distinct and to live a moral life and to live an ethical life and to live a holy life those are the conditions that you live in the land of course you know that that's speaking in antiquity you know, we could translate that to modernity also, that there's a certain a certain moral posture that, that has to be cultivated in the land and that and that Israel, as the Jewish people, you know, needs to be, in a sense, the Kohen to the world or the or Lagoyim, whatever metaphor you, you want to choose, Barry. You want to... So what I would suggest is that 
we uh, we judge countries, I think, by how well they live up to their values. I don't know that any country is really normal. I mean, we're used to thinking of the United States, at least for those of us who were born here, as being normal, because that's where we were born. But are we normal compared with England or with France or other Western democracies? Canada. <laughs> or Canada, the Northern democracy. Canada. Um, oh, Canada. Canada is normal. <laughs> so what I think is important for us as Jews is that we live up to our, our Jewish values. Indeed. And that is the norm that would make us normal. Oh, but it's not you know, like is... the other people. It's adhering to the norm of that our people have chosen over time. And this is why now, and now I'm sorry for being, you know, totally 2023 about this. Um, that That is why the arguments that are going on in the state of Israel about what it is that constitutes our Jewish values are so significant because we have the non you know, not insignificant sector of society that thinks that Judaism you know is is ultranationalist and and has to kick out you know everybody else and and can be quite violent and I I think these things are repugnant and they are not without you know every, every heretic has their own proof text that they're psukim they're my right that that you know that the that the Kahanists can quote you know quote uh, so that's why it is so important that we actually have a have a an argument about what it is that constitutes Jewish values. And it's not, and I'm not saying, you know, that it's the left wing of the Democratic Party and everybody has to vote like an American in in a, in a blue state, you know, something like that. But to re a real engagement with, you know, not not everything that that is the flavor of the month for, you know, quote-unquote progressive politics is, is ipso facto Jewish values. Um, but we are going to have to make a, an argument that is, in fact, rooted in Jewish texts and sources and ideas about what those values are, such that we should live up to them. Because you got those other guys over there saying that Jewish values are like Ahabat Haaretz, Kibush Haaretz, conquering the land, settling the land is the most important thing in the world. So we got that's the Jewish values. We got to live up to the Jewish values and build Jewish settlements in every inch of the land. That's not exactly because where I'm coming down. Also, well, we started the conversation. We're never going to end the conversation, that's for sure. But we got to come to an end now. And we hope that, that people watching and listening to us will have stuff to talk about. Because there's just no shortage of things to talk about from this Parsha. Uh, and as usual, we thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Thank you for spending the time with us. We want to wish everybody a beautiful Shabbat again. Chag Sameach. And keep it going. Keep, keep the conversation going. We'll join us next week in the next edition of Parsha Talk.